When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's I'm not getting I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all-star. All right, everybody, it is Thursday night, February 15th, 2024. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com, where we remind you and encourage you to always use your head. You can also find us just about anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I am the man with the award-winning and holy beard DJ. I'm going to, at least partially tonight wrap around the room and introduce this cast of characters. We are currently minus one, hoping for a run-in later, but from the Rob the Genius podcast, he is the Minister of Truth, the father of facts and figures, the Deacon of Data, the official shoot bear, and the shoot bear got hot last week, uh, the shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling podcast, and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob. How are you, buddy? Hey, good to be back. And yeah, look, I went back and listened to us for our show from last week, and yeah, I made <laughs> Let, let me tell you something, man. I listened to that, uh, what's today, Thursday, we record on Thursday. I listened to it Monday on the way to work, and I got to the the last 10 minutes of that show, I laughed almost nonstop. Just with just ridiculousness. Me, it, There was just so much. You guys got to go back and listen to that episode. We talked heavily about the uh, WrestleMania 40 press conference, what we thought was going to happen, and then in the last five minutes, I triggered Rob. Rob went on a <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely great podcasting, and I, I I genuinely laughed out loud the whole the whole segment. Rob, Jason <laughs> announcing that I'm a terrible podcast host because we like okay. I explained it on the last week's episode. Like I said, if you want to know the whole story, go back and listen to last week. It's only about an hour and ten minutes. You can you know knock it out real quick. But we, being that it's Black History Month, we are trying to make mention of that every week uh, during the month of February. And I had in my head, you know, we'd lost Carl Weathers two weeks ago, and I wanted to eulogize him just because I was a big fan of his growing up and even, you know, as an adult seeing his his latest things. And I know Rob was a fan. Jason was a fan. So I had it in my head that I wanted to eulogize him. But the show, the flow of the show last week was really awkward just because I literally got home five minutes before the uh, the 
the um, press conference. We got on here. We just started recording. And then, like, in this awkward part, right at about the 20-minute mark or so, I just jump right into, okay, we're celebrating Black History Month, and we'd like to say goodbye and pay our respects to. And I, Rob got it. Like, Rob, I, I said my piece. Rob jumped right in. Jason was still on the task at hand, and that was talking about the press conference. So, Jason, I, we're eulogizing Carl Weathers. And Jason just goes right back into fuck Kitty Rhodes and, and the story and, you know, all this stuff. And we're like, so there's like this awkward minute. So then later on in the show and towards the end, Jason calls me a bad podcast host because I didn't, you know, I didn't give the guys any warning. Like I completely pivoted on a dime and talked about Carl Weathers. So it's just, a, it really is a hilarious moment in time on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it, it was, it was. So we are going to move forward from that this week. Like I said, go back and listen to it. In the moment, it seemed a little choppy, the episode did, because I called for commercial. We never went to commercial. There's a whole lot of calamity going on. But it really ended up being probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done recently. Uh, and as, as we trek further down the road, closer to 200, we're sitting here on the 181th month. Jesus, I need another drink. 181st episode of the mindless wrestling podcast we are minus jason for now he may do a bit of a, a run-in he's got some some uh, work duties uh you know he's kind of handling some personal business off to the side so we're hoping he'll be in a little bit later uh rob and i are going to take over the show here uh, there's his lovely wife emily uh hello <laughs> hi emily <laughs> that was her run-in uh, jason has forbidden her from speaking on the podcast uh that he drew that line in the sand in the pre-show which you can see on the youtube uh, we are on YouTube. Look up the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm going to throw up the pre-show huddle because uh, we had some great conversation on there uh, prior to this show. I think you guys might want to you, – you might enjoy it. You might have a little bit of fun with it. But, uh, you know, we're going to – Rob and I are going to kick some things around here while Jason's doing his thing. Hopefully he can come in a little bit later. Uh, not a whole lot of WWE stuff right now to talk about. We, you know, we're kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, we go to Perth in, what, eight days? Uh, yes. Okay, so Elimination Chambers in eight days. I think that card is still putting itself together. They've still got another, you know, like I said, seven and a half days to finalize that thing before we get going. Um, we're going to talk a little bit, something we wanted to get into last week, and just in the chaos of the episode, we it, it just got lost in translation, and we just kind of ended, ended the show. Uh, the release of Scott Diamori from TNA came as a complete shock to me, a complete shock kind of to the wrestling, at least the online, the internet wrestling community, uh, because Scott DiMori was really making some headway with TNA. Like, TNA's always kind of been like the redheaded stepchild of the wrestling world, and we all joke about how they've survived, you know, for 20-plus years, you know, just in their own little bubble. Like, it's amazing how they survived, but in the last year or two, TNA has really been making some bold moves, some big moves. And Scott DiAmore, Scott DiAmore deserves credit for a lot of that. You know, bringing, bringing in uh, Naomi, formerly known as Trinity, was huge. Um, that was yeah. a, huge, a huge thing for them. Getting Mickey James back, putting, you know, the women again, we've said on this show, they may not have the largest roster of women, but their use of the women is probably the best in the wrestling industry currently. And that includes WWE, AEW, 
Um, it, one could argue that NXT is is doing a pretty fair job uh, at competing with them. But, you know, having Mickey James in there, Jordan Grace, they had Deanna Perrazzo for a while. That just, there was amazing work that TNA was doing. And again, Scott Diamore was pivotal in all that. And, you know, we had this big moment with Jordan Grace in the Royal Rumble. They just signed Nick Namath, you know, artist formerly known as Dolph Ziggler. Big, big things happening with TNA. And then Scott Diamore's gone. And I'm sitting here looking at all this. Like I said on this show, I was really poised to really support TNA in what seemed like an effort for them to maybe become the number two professional wrestling promotion in North America. And now here we are, and I don't know what to do with that news. Rob, <clears throat> what are your thoughts on this? Okay, so all right, so just to, all right, so when Scott took over, Scott took over for Don Callis, who now is, you know, he's a manager in AEW now and has been for a little while now. Um, and so when he took over for Don Callis, they were at a kind of they were at a low point because Don Don Callis was one of the people responsible for that awful forbidden door thing they did with AEW, where they buried their own world champion and you know and all of that and then I, and some people figured that, that Don Callis was basically trying to get himself a job in AEW because he's buddies with the EVPs and all of that stuff, which is and exactly what happened. It, it's exactly what happened, <laughs> right? And so Scott was left to pick up the pieces of that. And so in the, I think it was like about what it's been about two years where he's he's been just working to turn things around. And they finally had gotten to that space where it was like, okay, we have our nice little house on the corner of the street here, and we're gonna keep our house up. We're not gonna we're not gonna try to mess with we're not chasing anybody else. We're not gonna try to be anybody else. You know, we're going to do what we do right here and we're going to do it to the best of our ability. And, you know, they were embracing all, you know, all the kind of goofy, quirky stuff that, you know, that we've come to know and love for like when, when people leave the company, they literally kill them off on TV sometimes <laughs> yeah. or, or they'll have Dude, them or uh, like, hi everybody. I'm, I'm back by the way. Um, all right. It's your favorite, uh, your favorite member of the podcast, Jason. Um, so, um, with, even with that, like, that little brother, like, we're going to keep our house on the corner, you know, we're good. They even found the fine line of, like, poking fun at WWE or the Fed, if you want to call it that, but without really, like, poking the bear, and they're just more making fun of the whole wrestling as a whole. Yeah. They just found the perfect balance, because, you know, you guys know me. I don't go for the, you know, the war stuff, or the, oh, this guy sucks, and just the, the tit for tat on TV. But if you... If you work it in there, you make it funny, you you know, everybody's having a good time, then yeah. all right, fair play. And they did that the best for years and years. Yeah, cuz like when I, when I was a tie of Valkyrie when she left, you know, she well she she got, you know, she got convicted for murder of somebody on the show. <laughs> and then they and then they had like a little joke was like are you going to the prison in Jacksonville or one in Stanford? <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, and so you you know the prison in Jacksonville, the AEW, and the prison in Stanford is the WWE. So they, I mean, you know, so they would they would do stuff like that, right? And again, harmless, fun stuff that you could laugh at, and nobody got it. So they um they had carved out their space, and this is and and what was a really important thing was 
they had finally embraced, it looked like mm-hmm. under Scott, the fact that, okay, when we get some big name person here, they're going to be here for six months or a year. And then if they can get back into WWE or if they can get to WWE for the first time, they're going to leave. So we're just, you know what? If we got them for six months, we're going to get the best six months out of them that we can get or the best year. You know, we're going to, for as long as we have them, we're going to max out what they can do here. And then when it's, and when they leave, we'll give them a, we'll give them a, a nice send off, no hard feelings. We know what the deal is. And so uh, several people who had been released from WWE had, you know, basically went there for a while. Chelsea Green came back for a while. Mia Yim was there for a while. Um, Trinity most recently. Um, so, and, um, you know, the formerly the Iconics were there for a while before they went back home. Uh, Bronson Reed was there for a while. You know, he, he, went, he was going under his old name, Jonah. So, and they had, under Scott DeMori's, you know, running the company, they had fully embraced that, where it's like, okay, we know that, look, there are some people who are TNA lifers, who just, and that's where they want to be, that's where they want to stay. But, there are also people who, who it's it's a great place to go in between, you know, stints at a bigger company. And under Scott Demore, they had they had really embraced that and they'd really made the most of it. It's like, okay, we got you for six months. Great. We're gonna get, you know, we're gonna this six months are gonna be fucking awesome while you're here. And yeah. they have embraced being a feeder system. Yeah. And with um, the understanding that it's okay to do that. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, basically, it's it's a kind of a way station for veterans in between being signed by AEW or WWE, right? And they had embraced that under Scott, and it was working really great, you know. And, and like you know, mercenaries finding a you know beautiful way station along the bloody trail, some guys might just stay for a little while longer than six months a year. It'll yeah. happen eventually. Like Z- Ziggler, I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, if he stuck around for a long the long haul. Yeah, because I think he's I think he's he was just kind of done with the WWE grind, period. Well, I read an interview with Ziggler and he was like, Look, he's like, you know, I'm not a sit at home guy. He's like, you know, I'm I'm still in good shape. Yeah, I'm in my forties, but I'm still in good shape. I can still go. I've still got stuff to do, and I'm sitting at home. And he's like, I'm not a sit at home and just kind of have drinks kind of guy. If I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. And he's like, I finally just looked at him and said, Look, if you guys got nothing for me, let me let me go. Let me go do something else. And they agreed. He's like, he has no hard feelings. He just realized that they had nothing for him, and he's wanted to go do something else. Right. He wasn't going to stick around and wait for the next plug-and-play moment you know, right. where they needed him, which, <coughs> credit to him, I think, every time they call him, he answers that bell. Well, and I think we all said on this podcast, the moment he was released, TNA was the place for him. Yeah, yeah, and we all said that here, and and here we are, and that's he's a great person to prop up as one the locker room leader, and two even if he's not the face of the company, if they're looking at that next young star, he's the guy that can guide that locker room, and he's even said publicly he's like there's some great talent over there, and there is you yeah. know TNA's always been you know a, a hotbed for really good professional wrestling. You can look down, we could go down the list for a half an hour of the great wrestlers who spent time in, in TNA and some of them who honed their craft there. You know, Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, just to name a few. You know, it's... I mean, look at what Ziggler did with... And uh, I was just about to say, be, let's not be Marks. It's nicknameth now. Yeah. Um, but 
in this case, it was Ziggler. Um, look what Dolph Ziggler did for Braun Breaker. Like, don't you look at that as and just go, yeah, that's a veteran I want. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. That's a guy you want leading your locker room and a guy you want with at least a hand on the wheel for your ship. Yeah. Yep. And um, so it's um, so then Scott Demore is, a, is, you know, his leadership is how they got to that place where they've been able to manage these people, you know, people who coming and going and, you know, and yeah, just everything's gotten better. And in the past couple of months, like the, the most recent pay-per-view was hard to kill and they had their biggest house in years and their best crowd in years. Is that the one in Vegas that they had to sell more seats for? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So for him to get, they're, they're clearly on the upswing and yeah, Scott was the one driving the car. Yes. And now today we have the town. The le- did you guys already talk about this? The letter from not the yet, oh, not, not, yet. Not, not yet. Okay. Not yet. So I guess I'll bring that up. the The talent wrote an open letter to Anthem, basically saying like, "Hey, dude, he's the heart and soul of TNA, and you fucked up." Can we? They obviously said it in much nicer way, and they they, they really did. The the end of the closing letter was awesome about like you know starting a dialogue and all that good stuff. Um, it was very well written. So whoever mm-hmm. actually wrote that thing for those people, kudos, good job. It was awesome. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this is not just going to be a thing that like blows over, like oh yeah, Scott left it, or Scott got fired. It sucks. Blah blah blah. Um, <clears throat> and then apparently the I don't know if you guys already mentioned the suspect timing of what people were, were told and what people was mm-hmm. actually happened. No, no, uh, we didn't get into any of that. Emailed. Yeah, the talent I mean, was told one thing. Yeah, talent was told that he stepped down, and then all of a sudden the press release comes out, and the the news comes out, and he was terminated. So then the talent was just like, uh, wait a second. So, yeah, it's it stinks to high heaven, and Scott, you know, as I think I heard you guys saying, like, he poised, he had those guys poised to be the the Pepsi to A&W's AEW's Coke. Yeah. You know, it, at the very least, if he wasn't going to take down Jacksonville, I could guarantee that he was going to get a better – if they kept on that trajectory, they were going to get on, off of Access and onto something. Maybe it was True TV, but which might be the same tier as Access, but I still don't think so because I watch college basketball games on True <clears throat> TV. I've never watched a college basketball game on Access TV. So there you go. Yeah. And um, so now it's been a little over a week, and there, there have not – there have not been any reports that suggested he was, you know, was anything untoward going on, you know, because right. look, nowadays, look, if a wrestling executive gets run out of town, you know, you, yeah. we're already looking, is there a situation, well, like we're already looking at it side eye. Yeah. yeah when when uh, they run out of town and it's not immediately clear why, yeah. we have to ask some questions. Yeah, because look, I mean, I mentioned Don Callis earlier. Don Callis had a sexual harassment rap over him in when he was in charge uh, over there. Yep. So, and of course, we got all this business with Vince. We don't need to go back into that. But so, but there, there have well, not I, been. I, except I will say, uh, it seems that both Mr. McMahon and Don Callis, the TV character, are, are we. I think we knew this, but we're getting confirmation that they are much closer to the real person than we thought. Yeah, <laughs> um, and so, but there have been, knock on wood, there have been no reports right. uh, about Scott. So un- until 
you know, look, we're not going to no, stay we're not going to speculate about that. No, we're not going to speculate. We're not going to. We're not going to stay up all night waiting and wondering. No. So for the time, I just want to talk about if what at we this know. Point, it hasn't. If at this point it hasn't come out that that's why he was fired, it probably was not that. So we can all move on. Yeah. So now the only well, the only thing that's out there basically is he wanted them to spend some more money, and it sounded like they don't want to, and and he and he uh, reportedly because his family is like from they do construction stuff, and so that, so he has he has the he had the wherewithal to come up with to get some financial backing to come up with an offer, and he made them an offer to just buy the place because because uh, look he figured you know. Hey, if you guys aren't going to actually try and to do something here, let's let's be clear and use our words about this. He made them an it made Anthem an offer to buy TNA. From. Yeah. So basically, because hey, if you guys aren't going to really try with this thing, fuck yeah. it. Just he wasn't asking like for a slice of the pie. No. He wasn't asking <laughs> to be part of the thing. He would was going to give the and uh, by all reports, it was an honest, fair offer. Right. To buy the company. Right. He he didn't he didn't and go in there. Did he didn't he, he didn't lowball him. No, he didn't offer no. him like ten ten bucks on a ham sandwich or something. He offered <laughs> right. you know he made a real crazy like good offer. And which, which is insane to me that both like what okay, so what are you getting out of it? Well, if you don't want to put the money into it to let it get to the next next step, because you're already at the next step, TNA as it is now. This iteration of TNA is the next step of where we've seen Impact going, but you don't want to get, go any further than that. Okay, then why don't you cash out now? Because it's not going to get any more valuable if you guys stop putting money into it. Yeah. So either cash out now, or put your money where your mouth is. Put some more money into this thing and keep this growth going. So I just want to know, what's the holdup? Um, well, where are we? My only guess is that they're looking at the way Sinclair Broadcasting looked at Ring of Honor. Basically, it's uh, cheap programming and guaranteed income. Cheap. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the only the only way it looks right now. And because Anthem owns Access TV, so you can sure. put this you can put this show on there. You don't have to pay them a rights fee because you already own them. Um, um, and it's just it's a way to fill some hours. On your C level cable channel, and yeah. and hey. as long as it exists, there'll be at least a few people who watch it, and you know. It's just frustrating because I, I think I said maybe two three weeks on this show that I really felt like they were poised to make some major moves, and a lot of people scoffed saying, at DJ, me. You've been saying that for for like a year plus. I, I have. I, you've, been, I, you've been quietly beating that drum, and you've been right. By yeah, it's, I, and I know there's a lot of people in our chair shot chat and a lot of people online that scoffed at me when I said that they were really in a position to overtake AEW as the number two wrestling program or promotion in North America. And a lot of people laughed at me. And, you know, I understand why, because the biggest thing that TNA slash Impact was missing was a major TV deal. And, you know, as we've said, it's very hard to find them on access in like the thousands. And I say that as a comparison. I've recently started watching uh, women of wrestling superheroes, um, and and that is literally it's on Samsung TV. It's a free it's a free channel, and it is literally like I think the channel number is one thousand three hundred and fifty nine. I literally found this on accident. Just I happened to be strumming through, and actually 
they've got an impact channel on there as well that plays archived uh, impact stuff. I haven't dug into it yet, but the, the world of wrestling is pretty current. Um, <clears throat> so I've been watching that, but it is hard to find. But I really felt like as an overall production with the talent, with the shows they were putting on, TNA was putting on a better program than AEW. You know, yeah, AEW's got some former WWE guys that were big names, and they had a bigger a bigger feel because of the TV deal. But from an overall standpoint, I really felt like TNA was putting on a better product. And I was fully ready as of three weeks ago to embrace this and do my, like, I'm talking, I'm looking at, you know, buying T-shirt. They, they run in Kissimmee, which is 45 minutes away from me, about once a month. You know, it's nothing for me to hop over there, spend 30 bucks on a ticket and watch a good wrestling show. So I was all on board for, hey, let's let this rock. And then they just pulled the rug out from under us. And it just it just frustrates me because it really seemed like Scott was legitimately trying to bring TNA back to that time when TNA as a fledgling promotion really thought they were competition. And for a while they were. They were putting up respectable ratings numbers. They were putting out awesome TV content. Yeah, and then and then unfortunately the Hogan era came in and it completely sank the whole thing. But there was a time when TNA was legitimately putting forth effort to compete, and then they just settled into this. Okay, like Rob said, this is our house. We're going to keep up our yard. We're going to keep everything like it is, and we're happy doing that. And Scott Diamore seems like he wanted more, and I wanted more for them. And it's very very frustrating right now. Yeah, because um. Yeah, because they well they they had gotten to that point where, okay, like you said, if if we're going to keep moving up, we gotta we we gotta spend some money. Yeah. Right. And um, and apparently they didn't want to because they needed um because Scott tried delaying CM Punk last year. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, I mean, and from what from what I've heard, he made I mean he made actually he made a legit offer. Like they like again they didn't offer they didn't offer punk a ham sandwich, right? Um, but I think you know, but obviously look if 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 Scott's on line one and Hunter's on line two, you know, and you're seeing punk, you're taking the call from Hunter. Yeah, right. Um, but they got to the point where because they they put some more money in their TV production, and because their last few the, over the last the shows more recently look a lot better because that was the one knock on them even in, into last year was that it still looked low rent yeah now yeah, their it, tv production was not great yeah and now it, it it looks the past couple of months it's gotten better looking on tv um Dude, they were they got new, new cameras or something yeah and so like, it's just a sharper it doesn't have like the smoke filled like look yeah, that's yeah. the studio, but I mean, and everything's sharper. The the lines are like straighter. It's it brighter. It's it, it looks it looks modern. Thank or at least in, they've at least upgraded to 1080p. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, exactly. So they were. <laughs> I mean, they were all, for a while. They were hurting. Yeah. <laughs> they were, so they were all set, and but it looks like Anthem just doesn't want. They don't want to spend more than a certain amount of money, and. And they're content to get, you know, they're content to have this thing on two hours, you know, on Thursdays and whatever the time they give it. And they're content with, you know, with whatever audience they get, they're content with that. And they well, just, did, it sucks. I mean, and yeah. we'll, we'll now, you know, you know we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, 
I'm hoping that through this mess that they find a way to stay on course um, because you know it's 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 you know it it can be a great place to work and um look I mean Jordan you know we we talk about well Jordan Grace did the Royal Rumble if Jordan Grace hadn't been working if Jordan Grace had been just out there working on the Indies instead of in TNA she wouldn't have she wouldn't have been in that Royal Rumble. I mean, you listen to her tell her story, Scott. I don't know who called. Obviously, WWE called Scott, and then Scott called her. And her side of the story was, you know, Scott called me and said, hey, uh, what are you doing this weekend? And she's like, I don't know, nothing. He's like, well, you want to wrestle? And she's like, sure. And in her head, she's thinking, you know, where is he going to send me this week? And, you know, he's like, all right, so uh, they want you in the Rumble. And she's like, wait, say that again? <laughs> he's like, they want you in the Rumble. And, you know, he brokered that deal. Yeah. You know, it's I, I don't think, like I said, we had Mickey James two years ago. I don't know who was in charge of brokering that deal. She may have just done it herself. Um, but, yeah, it just, God. Well, that's the other thing I me. left out. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, because, well, the other thing is that he had forged a nice little working relationship with WWE because they had, AJ Styles did a tribute video at their anniversary show a couple of years ago. And... They had a nice little thing going, like you said. Mickey James was there, and they'd been sharing, you know, they'd been sharing footage of people like, you know, who had been there before. Like I think, you know, I forgot who they were, but guys who had been there before recently, they they'd been they had shared footage of them, and they had a nice little relationship going with WWE under Scott. Right. What's going to be interesting to see is obviously the talent has, you know, had a a team draft this letter to, you know, Anthem, and. Like, I, do I expect them to rehire Scott Demore and, and pivot and go back to him? No, I don't. I think they're done, and you know, it's it is what it is. I do like that the talent reached out. What's going to be interesting is when the rubber meets the road with this talent, and they decide that because that's when you've got a boss that is seemingly loved, and then suddenly they're gone. That reflects on the talent, and that's the management telling the talent, "We don't give a shit about you." You know, we know you liked this guy. This guy was doing great things, and this guy was, like, locker room morale was better. And, you know, everybody felt better about the product because we're doing better and we're we're gaining ground. We're making strides. We're making money. And then suddenly that person's gone. The, the, the talent has to take that personally to a degree. You know, I understand in this business somebody could be gone tomorrow. And that's just part of the business you deal with. It. They, we've, we go through this every time WWE goes through a round of releases. It sucks. Everybody cries on each other's shoulder, and then it's back to work on Monday and Friday. But in, in this particular situation, TNA is, again, like I said, the feeder company. And probably there's only a few people making really, really good money in TNA. If this talent is pissed off enough, there are two other awesome promotions in North America that they can go and they can get paid. And when your talent starts jumping ship, what what do you do? I mean, do you just look, are you anthem and you say, yeah, you know what, we'll find somebody else, or do you start looking at this going, well, maybe we, maybe we should, you know, walk it back a little bit. Yeah, and um, so we'll see. You know, once contracts start coming up, that'll be the, you know, that'll be the real moment of truth, like when. When Jordan Grace's contract is up, well, I'm 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 gonna go ahead and say she's probably gone now. When her when her contract is up, she's I I think you know, this is pretty safe bet she's out of there. 
Yeah. Um, whereas, I mean, where she might have stuck around if, you know, with, if, with Scott still there. Um, hey, uh, Jordan Grace, get ready to learn, you know, Def Rebel, baby. Um, and um, a great theme song in NXT. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't, and, um, but we'll see in some of these other folks when these contracts come up, like, um, you know, somebody like Josh Alexander now, um, I think he's, he was more than likely a TNA lifer, but now, I mean, he's, he's up, he's kind of, he's almost 40, I think, but now when his contract is up, you know what He, he, he might, now he might be thinking, well, I got three or four years. If you know if Hunter makes if Hunter calls me, I'm going. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. Even if Tony calls him, if go, Tony, I was Tony gonna calls say, him. Tony calls you, man. If, at yeah, that yeah. point, yeah. take the money. Take yeah. the money. Go to Jacksonville, bro. Yeah. I mean, now if they point. both call, yeah, and the offers are similar, go go with Hunter, obviously. And the offer, even if the offers aren't similar, go to Hunter. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, but so now somebody like him though will now he'd be more more inclined to leave when his contract yeah, is more, up. He'd think about it at least. Yeah, it, yeah, at least he at least think about it. Um, and there are other people there, and we don't we want to run through the whole roster. But now, basically anybody, people who would have stayed there because they liked working for Scott and the, and they were making enough, you know. Now those people are, you know, when they're like I said, when those contracts are up, now they're going to be thinking differently now. And um, it, it's it's a shame because it's good to have good wrestling in more than one place. Okay. It is. It is. We as much crap as we talk about AEW, AEW as a concept is healthy for wrestling. Yeah. You know, TNA is healthy for wrestling. The more options we have for people to go and and work and get paid, the healthier the business is. And just as a fan, like, because like we're not, we don't all want to watch the exact same stuff. Right. Um. You know, and it's good to have it's good to have variety. And of it's good to have variety of product. It's good and you know and because look, they're, they're not going to kill people off on WWE television. They're not going to send them to the you know they're not going to send them to the alternate Prison. dimensions or something, right? Right. Gonna, but I mean, you know, having TNA do that type of stuff is it's a fun little thing to see, right? Yeah. And just for an example, right? I mean, so um, it's good to have a variety of product, and and you can't get so much variety under the same roof, and so hopefully, you know, I hope this works out some kind of way. It sucks. Um, and somebody needs to hire as long unless there's something, you know, unless there's some dirt out there to be uncovered, somebody needs to hire Scott. Oh, I'd imagine somebody's already they, contacted that dude. I mean, Impact gave us broken Matt Hardy. Like, and say what you will about the dude now and woken Matt Hardy and all that stuff. But that initial run of broken Matt Hardy was brilliant. It rejuvenated Matt Hardy's career. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't, you know, we can't thank Scott they, for that because so, I don't think Scott Demore had anything to do with that. But still, Impact saying, as a brand. Exactly. That's the brand that they had. They were this silly is okay, you know. Yeah, and um, they were. You know. They were arguably they were more sports entertainment than WWE at times. Yeah, absolute fact. Yeah, and so. You know, the, Good. No, I was just going to say, like I said, the alternatives are important. And like I just told you guys maybe five, ten minutes ago, I've been watching, uh, wow, Women of Wrestling. And it is it is what it is. It's a fun little show. A lot of these girls, some of these girls are really good wrestlers. 
Some of them will probably never get picked up anywhere significantly, but the show in and of itself is fun. Like, it's a nice, fun little hour of some really good away from WWE, outside of that bubble, wrestling. And maybe you're catching somebody who you'll see in two to four years in AEW or on WWE. Uh, it's in syndication here. I've caught a couple episodes, and you'll either find there could be some freaking awesome wrestling, and at worst, it'll be inoffensive. And yeah. they're just young guys. I just watched fine. an awesome match. Fun, Recently, with uh, and, and I hate to bring her up because of the the, the association, but Tessa Blanchard, uh, Santana Garrett, and I forget who the third woman was in the match. They had one hell of a wrestling match in the main event, and yeah, you know I'm watching this, and it kind of frustrates me because you know I've seen Santana Garrett at indie shows, and when she went to NXT, I was very hyped for her future, and she just never really took off, and. I'm watching her on this show. I'm like, where was that Santana Garrett in NXT? Because that Santana Garrett was out there wrestling one hell of a good match. She was very aggressive. And I just never, I never saw that in, in NXT. Didn't she have an injury in the middle of her NXT run though? I think she may have injured herself. I just, I know yeah. she wasn't on TV a whole lot. Like I think the closest yeah, she came. She got sidelined for a while too. So okay. her, her whole run was just kind of. Right. Weird. Well, then they brought her back about a year or so ago as a trainer. And then I guess yeah, just kind of quietly released her because, you know, I follow her on the social medias and, you know, she's pretty much a gun for hire back on the indie scene. You know, she has hmm. other side hustles, like she's a model. I think she's doing some acting and stuff like that. So she's not starving to death. Is she maybe only part time at the PC and she still kind of does that? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But at any rate, you know, the alternatives being out there are good. They're fun. Um, but you know, this, this situation with, with Scott Amori, maybe they'll pivot. Maybe they'll walk it back. Maybe they'll look at it. I don't expect him to. I expect him to show up either in WWE or AEW, probably in the very near future. Oh, I mean, yeah, if he's on the market and still wants to work. Yep. Somebody Why wouldn't he? Obviously, home. the guy's got some mileage in him. Yeah. Yeah. He clearly, and if he if he made the offer to buy, you know, TNA, then he's in it for the long haul. So why not use that genius at my, you know, place of employment? Yeah, and um, look, if if Hunter ever, you know, calls Sean up there to help him out full time on the main roster, Scott would be well, a great guy. To, Scott would be a great guy to have running NXT. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, or doing something there. You know. Um, oh yeah. But, you, um, you gotta think at some point, and I know we're pivoting here a little bit, that Hunter's getting the call to go up and work. You know, help help or Sean's getting the call from Hunter to go and work the, the main roster stuff. At some yeah. point, yeah. Well, and now that he's shown that I mean, obviously, I don't think there was much doubt, but he's shown that he can do it with NXT. So it's like, all right, you know, okay. Well now, but okay, I want I want my best friend and my, you know, one of wrestling legend up here with me, helping book these shows and helping figure this out. Ah, shoot, but who do I get to take care of my baby? Well, we've uh, also got... Well, uh, now there's a, well, now there's a name on the market. There's a name on the market. We've still got William Regal. I think William Regal's still yeah. working down, doing some stuff. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. NXT is going to be fine. You know, if Sean, you know, goes up to, right. to the to the big leagues and helps helps Hunter, NXT is going to be perfectly fine. At some point, I think we've all speculated that CM Punk may end up back down in there working with the younger kids. He seems to love those guys. He's gone down there and visited on several occasions. And he said when he, you know, went back to AEW, part of what he part of what he wants his legacy to be is rearing this next generation and part of what frustrated him was the younger kids in AEW not listening to the veterans and in in NXT that's exactly what that is designed for if you guys want to get to the next level you're going to shut your mouths and listen to the trainers you're going to listen to the people that are trying to help you along and if you don't want to do that well then there's the door oh I mean you mean you don't you you don't go you, yeah, you don't go around yelling real glass on camera. Yeah, dumbass. You know what I mean? <laughs> dumbass. You know, you know, I mean. Yeah, don't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think it's going to do it for. Hey, fucking children. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, right. right. I'm old, I'm tired, and I work with fucking children. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I tell you what, why don't we take a commercial break? And when we come back, uh, we are going to uh, we're going to talk movie trailers. Uh, we had a big movie trailer bro- drop this week, and this one's a little personal uh, for, for, for reasons that <laughs> we'll get into <laughs> on the backside of the commercial break. But before we go to commercial, I want to invite you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, go ahead and browse, peruse, look at all the t-shirts from your favorite chair shot radio network podcast, including this one, the mindless wrestling podcast, check those out, pick one up. The starting artist on this show will thank you. Your body will thank you. If you pick one up in soft style, that is pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot. We're going to go to commercial break real quick. When we come back, we are talking Godzilla and Kong after the commercial break. All right, so we'll take a little pause here. Um, right. You know, we'll come back from break. Uh, we can talk the trailer. And Rob, did you come up with anybody for Black History Month? Um, <laughs> um so I was trying to think of people who, who we don't normally talk about a lot, right? But then, right. Um, shoot. I mean, but then the only problem is the names that I was thinking of people are probably too obscure for our audience. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't think anybody who listens to us now cares about Pistol Piss Watley. <laughs> you know, I mean... Probably not. <laughs> Jason's sitting there like, Ooh. Right, I mean... <laughs> so, um... I don't know, we, we can talk about our truth Why not? Hell. I mean, you know what? Let's do you know that. What? 
fuck it. Because he's in the middle of a fucking renaissance again for the for the third or fifth time since I've been watching. Our truth is on his tenth renaissance. <laughs> and like, like even since I've been watching this, he's like, oh, I can, I can still do this. Oh, yeah. by the way, I can still do this. And um, look, he is a former NWA World Champion, so like he is, right. he actually has some bona fides as a serious pro wrestler, right? Well, he he was a big name over in this, but since we're talking TNA, he was a big deal over in TNA too, wasn't he? Yeah, that's well, where I, Ron the Truth Killings became a thing. Yeah, that's when when they were when they were still affiliated with NWA. That's when he won the NWA World Title. Okay. Yeah. And also, I'm, I'm, wasn't it? Isn't it the NWA? World's heavyweight champion. Is that uh, isn't that the official name of the belt? I think so. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. yeah, I, cause it, I, no, I just oh, I'm a stickler for like title names, and that one I love that title name because it's just yeah. like yes, it, it's NW, so classic and like yeah. old school. NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Yes, because yeah. Right. All, right, so. All right. So do we want to do uh, the R Truth thing and then go into the trailer, or we want to do the trailer and then R Truth? What do we want to do? Uh, let's let's get the trailer thing out of the way. Trailer thing out of the way. Okay, yeah, then we'll go into R Truth and, and then we'll wrap it up yeah. after R Truth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, give me like two minutes. No, actually, just go. I'm gonna mute myself for a minute because the dog's going outside. All right, that's fine. Okay. And uh, oh, did you did you hear about um, Shotzi? Yeah, she injured her knee on NXT. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, Shotzi's injured. Yeah. Uh, how injured? Pretty injured. Apparently, it's a pretty bad injury. Oh, yeah. come on. No. Yeah, yeah I'm bummed yeah. about that one. I yeah. love Shotzi, and this one's, uh, this one sucks. sucks. This yeah. one well, sucks. Because she just, you know, she just did the head shake, like, ah. And her sister. Yeah. It stinks. She injured her knee, apparently. I, I'm really rooting for her because it sounds like know, the, last, the last two no, years sorry, for her personally have been rather rough. Losing her exactly. dad and her, I think her stepdad within, and then her sisters got there. Like just, I'm really rooting for her, and to hear that she got injured just stinks. So. All right, all right, Jason, go do your thing. We're gonna yeah, come yeah, back yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay. And we are back again. You've been listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. Again, on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. Uh, we're going to swerve out of the wrestling lane into the bandwagon nerds lane and talk a little bit of movie trailer here. Um, and there's a little bit of history with uh, with this trailer personally to us. Uh, it's is what's the official title to this, Rob? Is it Godzilla X Kong or Kong X Godzilla? Uh, it's Godzilla X Kong. I don't know if it's I don't yeah. know if you actually say the X, but it's Godzilla Kong, a new empire. Okay, so it's very important that I know whose name is first in this. Is it Godzilla or Kong? Oh, let me let me let me, let me, let me look it up here. Because it's Godzilla. And Kong. It's Godzilla. It's got. It has to be Godzilla. That's important. Yeah. Because Godzilla whooped that ass in the last movie. Yes, he did. And we we need to make that very clear. We need to point that out. It's very very important because we have a very close friend of ours who seems to not understand that Kong is the villain. And yeah. we're not going to get too deep on that because I, I want Jay on here to defend himself. But you know, it's it's always Kong, and second or Godzilla, second billing Kong. Yes, okay. it's, it's, it's Godzilla, mean, Kong, the new yeah, empire. Se- yeah. And it, yes, it's Godzilla, X, 
Second banana Kong. Yes. The new Empire. Yes. That's it. I mean, Guys, that trailer looks fucking awesome. Yes, it does. Uh, oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> like this is—that's that's why we go to the movies, right there. That's why IMAX was invented. That's why we have 10 billion decibel uh, THX theaters that makes me make my seat vibrate when the Batmobile takes off. That's why we have theaters like that because that's cinema, my friends, right there. Yes, and um, look, this has been a great time for fans of uh, Godzilla and King Kong, because particularly Godzilla, because look, last year we had, you know, we had the uh, Godzilla minus one. So if you, you know, if you want your like super serious, you know, heavyweight, heavy, you know, you know, what does it all mean? Kind of Godzilla movies. That was like the best one of that version that I think they've ever made. I haven't seen that one yet. I'm waiting for streaming just because I. Oh man! But oh. you know, Dude, the 15 was, times that they extended like its classic. run in the theater. Yeah, and so now this Godzilla Kong New Empire is at the opposite end of the spectrum. It's 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 you know video game esque you know, Fast and Furious as type of thing with with monsters, right? Now and, let's uh, let's just set the stage in Godzilla versus Kong. Godzilla at one point uses his radiation breath to drill a hole to the center of the earth and go down and fight some bitches down there. Yeah. So that's the kind of movie we're talking about. And he, he uses breath to illuminate, to basically light up this special battle axe that Kong used to chop up Mecha Godzilla. Okay, that that yeah. was Godzilla. The special versus battle axe made of the fins of his ancestors, apparently. Yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, so hey, it looked like a, a an ant, a fin, like the the dorsal fin from a, a yeah, Godzilla esque uh, creature. Yeah, it was a, Yeah, it's was, it was exactly what it was. It was a Godzilla dorsal fin. Like, yeah. And he charged it up with super breath and like like a fucking super move in Super Smash Brothers or like Tekken Tag or Marvel versus Capcom. It's like I'm watching Voltron awesome. and Kong's out there like form blazing axe and yeah. he's going to chop shit up. It was great. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're getting here with this. And so. So and in, in this trailer, it looks like they just leaned all the way in on the nonsense because now we're just getting monsters versus monsters. And we got team up like Godzilla and Kong are legit teaming up. Kong, Kong's got some sort of infinity gauntlet like, you know, power fist and Godzilla's fins and everything his radiation are all pink now um so i guess he got supercharged or something it's uh, rob you put it perfectly it's like a video game yeah it's um and like, that's the way to go look if, if you're going to do super serious then you need to do it like godzilla minus one yep but and either either do that and do it well or just go the other way like they're doing with the, <laughs> the godzilla Kong. Yep. no don't yeah. don't don't try to split the difference yeah. Now, lean all the way into exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah, because either it's either it's, it's video game monster fighting, or it's a metaphor for nuclear proliferation. Well, it's one, that's one what, or the other. Uh, as this is like a culmination of a lot of movies, that's also what Kong, like Skull Island, was. It was more of that classic like monster movie, what does it all mean kind of deal, and with a lot more fighting. But it was it, they were they were building to this almost. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and so yeah, I mean this this has been a great few months here for this genre for for these characters and this type of movie. So 
Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, I'm I'm all ready for this thing to happen. And, and look, I'm going to go see it in the the what what they call it now the I forget the theater X or whatever the thing where now we're where they have like, the screens on the side of the walls and everything. Yeah, yeah, Tony was talking about that one time on the Bandwagon Nerds. It was some special screen. It's not quite 360 degree immersive, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, him and him and Ray are big on it. Yeah, I've gone to see a couple things there. With, I don't uh, even think we have one nearby that we can do that. We, we have we have one in Boston. I still haven't done one yet though. It's it's. So, I feel like I get overwhelmed because I I mean I with my I have a weird vision of like and I don't enjoy 3D movies. They don't work correctly for me. I just get yeah. headaches from the glasses. Um. So I imagine, like, I'd just get overwhelmed at that point. Possibly. But if there's any movie to go and try it at, it's, you know, either that or... It, for me, it would be either that or Top Gun Maverick or Star Wars, obviously. But, so that's coming out, what, March 29th? Yeah. March 29th, yeah. that releases. We I'm going to try, like, hell to go see that opening weekend because we do want to get our friend Jay up here soon after that. Yeah. So that we can, one, talk about the movie, and two, I'm going to promote a fight here on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> and, dude, the, the, the Godzilla talk, versus Kong. about how awesome it was when in, in Godzilla, uh, Godzilla X Kong, the new, uh, the new Empire, when King Kong was getting his ass whooped at the very, very end of the movie, just getting beaten down into the dirt. But who was there for the hot tag to save the day That's but right. Godzilla? That's right. So we're going to break that down with Jay. We're going to have a big fight here on it. It's going to be Godzilla versus Kong Part 2 on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast probably sometime in April. Look forward to that one. We got a little bit of time on that. But, yeah, Godzilla x Kong, the uh, the New Kingdom, is going to be just off the hook. Man. It's everything that I go to the movies for. And, Jay, yeah, remember, as a good friend of mine once said, it, it's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. Right. Oh, he's punching it air right now. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, um, well, go ahead, um, Rob. Oh, we got um, they announced the Fantastic Four um, casting. Yeah. I, other than Pedro Pascal, I don't know any of these people. Like, I, they're all going to be great. I'll, I'm going to go watch it just because it's superheroes and it's Pedro Pascal. Um, so count me in, you know, whatever. Um, and it's Marvel, and you know, I just finished. Uh, I finished the Marvels. The night before last, I, I had to break it up because I just got busy. You know what? I enjoyed it. I know the Marvels took a brow beating online. It took a brow beating on all the, the the fan sites, and I've heard every single awful review and read every single three thousand word think piece on how Marvel is in the shitter because of how awful the Marvels was. I enjoyed it. You know, I thought it was fun. I had a lot. I genuinely laughed out loud in a lot of spots. I think this girl that plays Miss Marvel, uh, what's her name, uh, Iman Vellani. Oh, she she's wonderful. Absolutely yeah. charming. Yeah. Absolutely charming in this movie. So I'm I'm here for whatever whatever Marvel's doing and the Fantastic Four. Yeah, sign me up, man. Yeah, her parents stole the show in spots. They and did. Then, uh, and then uh, it was really cool to see Brie Larson finally like. Get to stretch her muscles, like and and like have some levity and like, cause even in the Avengers movies and stuff, she had some funny moments. She had some funny moments in her own movies, but it was 
she's been pretty straight-laced, and it's been it was cool to see her get to play that side of the character. Yeah. Yeah, that was, our mini Marvels review. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, go see it. Yes, it's on streaming now on Disney Plus. Yeah, and on um, they didn't they announced the um, what about a month from now the um, they're starting up the uh, X Men animated thing again. X-Men yeah, I saw the trailer for that one. That one looked really fun. I, I yeah, I've actually just started watching the original series for about a month or so. I think I'm about halfway through the first season, and knowing Wait, that they're oh re- yeah, you are old. You didn't watch that shit. Shut your fucking That's mouth. I watched it back oh, then too. This guy. Did you? Okay. All right. I was gonna say. I was like, "That's my that that's." I'm kind of offended that that uh, X Men '97, as the, I believe they're calling it, on Disney Plus, isn't gonna be released every Saturday morning at nine o'clock. I'm Look here, Jason. Some of us old guys know who the hell Chris Claremont is. That's right. That's true. Now, that's going to be a lot of fun, and I like that they got at least some of the original voice actors back for the roles. I think uh, Magneto's different, and I don't know if the same guy is doing Wolverine. Uh, it didn't sound good. Well, it's been 30 years. So. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see, because this is the coolest um, Scott Summers that anyone's ever going to see, because the, my generation is completely different relationship with Scott Summers, because Scott Summers is an asshole. Scott Summers is not a cool dude in the comics. He wasn't uh, a cool dude Asian in my series. comics either. He's kind of a dork. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a big dork and then he's you know, if you're he's almost a dictator in the last ten years. So Yeah. Um yeah. I, so as yeah. a kid I rooted uh, for Wolverine is, to to land Jean Grey. I'm like, this is when a, gen- a whole generation's gonna get to see the Scott Summers we grew up with, which is Scott Summers yeah, he follows the rules, but he's fucking awesome, man. I gotta say, Marvel fans have been fed this week since the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I've actually just nerd fandom in general, but yeah, we got the Deadpool trailer, which is now what the most watched trailer like ever. Yeah. What did yeah. I did I read that like five hundred million yeah. views or some shit like that? Yeah. That's ins- it, that's insane. Yes. <laughs> so it's gonna be fun. Deadpool three is gonna be just. Just, I'm not even going to speculate as to where they're going with it. I want to see some more trailers. They're saying that it may set up a whole lot of things, potentially secret wars. Um, so, but before we get out of here, uh, we are still celebrating Black History Month here on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I'm going to turn this over to Rob, who is going to take over and, and, and give us our, our celebrity this week. All right. So, so just, uh, I, have been looking for names that don't always get talked about and, you know, to, you know, maybe just shine some light on some people. And unfortunately I couldn't think of anybody who y'all would probably care about. <laughs> uh, Cause I, I thought of pistol Pez Watley, who was a guy who wrestled for Jim Crockett back in the eighties. And I remember pistol Pez Watley. I remember was- pistol Pez Watley. But I'm guessing that a lot of you you guys who are listening to this show, uh, two thirds of this wrestling well, podcast knew who he was. Right. The Rob, other white the other white guy in the room had no clue. Yeah. Rob, yeah, tell yes. me about Pistol Pete Watley. Pistol Pez Watley. <laughs> okay. Tell me Pez. about. Pez. 
Okay, well, well he was a mid card guy. Well, well, fuck it. We'll talk about Pistol Pez Watley then. All right. Well, <laughs> I could have worked myself into a shoot now, right? Okay. Two weeks right. in a row, we got him shooting. <laughs> All right, so he was a mid card guy for uh, Jim Crockett in, in the 80s. And, you know, he'd been in some tag teams. His biggest feud, I remember, he, he at one time he was a tag team partner and he was an ally of. Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, and he, J- Jimmy Valiant was feuding with Paul Jones, and Jimmy Valiant and Paul Jones feuded for like two or three years over cutting each other's hair. <laughs> and so, um, Pistol Pez Watley turned on Jimmy Valiant, joined with Paul Jones, and for like six months during 1986, they were feuding over hair. And so at one point, <laughs> And um, it was funny because, I mean, this was just, it, it was just very absurd because um, at one point, Pez, Pistol Pez Watley, who changed his name to Shaska Watley, he called Jimmy Valiant an Uncle Tom, which, I mean, it's just, God. okay, and look, right, you, I'll handle this, guys, okay, you, you guys just let me talk about this, okay? Sir, it's all yours. <laughs> okay, Boy, but it is the God. idea of. You know, Pistol Piz Watley calling Jimmy Valiant and Uncle Tom was just, you know, I mean, you couldn't help but laugh at the whole premise, right? Um, so, but they they feuded for like six months, and they both cut each other's hair. They both, I mean, and and by the way, back in 1986, when you lost a hair versus a hair match, they didn't cut a few strands of hair off of your head. You got shaved, brother. Okay. <laughs> okay. They they shaved your head. And you had to walk around for like a few months selling the fact that you'd got your head shaven. Okay, so it ain't like it is now. They cut a few pieces off, and then you know, two weeks later, you you wouldn't know. Um, but it was—I mean, it was a really fun feud back in 1986, and he was a big part of that. And now I'll go to Wikipedia and look up some other things about him because. <laughs> Why yeah, that, was he pistol? Why was he pistol Pez? Was he did a cowboy gimmick? Or uh, I to find that no, out. he really as I remember him, he really didn't have a very flamboyant gimmick. Um, he was just a wrestler in trunks. Yeah, and um, and he, I he made, one thing he did have, and I think where the pistol came in was that you know when somebody's really um they get fired up easily and they call him a pistol. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the reference because one thing he really did do was get fired up. Like, if he got the hot tag or if it was time for him to take over the match, Pistol Pez Watley used to get fired up. And I remember the whole house as a kid just, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. And and inevitably, unfortunately, he would lose. But but still, I think that's where the pistol name came from. All right, so here we go. That's probably why I made that mistake, because the only pistol I know (laughs) is Pistol Pete Maravich. Uh, and probably real quick before deep. Rob continues, yeah. we have a run oh, in. No, boo- yeah, oh, yes. no. <laughs> oh no! Oh wait a minute! Well, you, you brought him here on Black History I'm Month, really? <laughs> this guy? <laughs> really? Guys, I gotta go. I I can't hear. <laughs> oh, good grief! From the DWI podcast, right in the middle, like literally in the middle, halfway through Black History Month. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, you know, first, right in the middle. Hey, first, 
for our surprise guest during our Black History Month segment. You know who we should call? I know who she, we should call. He's She's a fucking funny. <laughs> Let me just say this. Jason, it's great to see you. DJ, fuck you. And Rob, and Rob continue. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I got a mute. Uh, I may have to go pee. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, uh, Fistful Pez, what? Let me finish reading the Wikipedia thing here. All right. Um, <laughs> Do you hold any titles? All right. Um, it says he started in 1973 after a brief career as a powerlifter. Um, okay. All right. Um, he was one of the most popular wrestlers in Georgia before going to Florida Championship Wrestling. He won the Southern title twice there in Florida Championship Wrestling. And then they skip ahead to the stuff I just finished talking about. So, um, and, and in the early 90s, he went, he had a short stint in Japan's UFWI. That's crazy because that's, that's that, that quasi shoot thing that they had going on in Japan over there. Yeah. You know, um, and he worked for WWF as an enhancement talent from January 1990 through 1991. Um, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2021 as a legacy member. Really? I did not know that. So, Interesting. Yeah. yeah um, and he, so he held, he held some titles, like smaller titles. He was NWA Southern Heavyweight Champion. That's in Florida. He was... NWA Mid America Tag Team Champion two times. Um, See, we had Florida Championship Wrestling that used to come on TV here in syndication, so we got a lot of Pistol Pez Watley because they used to uh, out of the, I think it's the Eddie Graham Sports Stadium or Sportsatorium or whatever they called it. I think which is over on the West Coast. Uh, so we got a lot of Florida Championship Wrestling, and of course that was part of the NWA. So yeah, we saw a lot of Pistol Pez Watley. So um, if you want to see some of him. You can go on Peacock, and they have episodes of World Champion of, you know, the Jim Crockett World Championship Wrestling. Um, just go all through 1986. There's a lot of them there, and there's a lot of good stuff there. And so that's Pistol Pez Watley. And so, we, <laughs> so we, he's the guy for this week. <laughs> okay. There you go. So let's uh, let's without because we've already introduced it without introducing him. PC Tunnies, fresh off a recording session with the boys on DWI. What did you guys get up to this week on the DWI? It was just DP and I. Uh, AJ has this. Uh, well, he's out on assignment. He'll <laughs> be back yeah. next week. We just ran down some. Uh, stuff try not to get into the elimination chamber preview you know next week you know all we'd like to kind of keep that as our nice and easy thing to do once yeah. a, once a pay-per-view um we did discuss a little bit of uh maybe paramore or or la night wanting usher um but like what other bands would you like to see go up there um oh, for wrestlemania weekend yeah like i feel like if uh deaf rebel would come out and do roman reigns song that would be pretty cool but then that would be the only one in my opinion that should have it on the show um because i felt like and i don't know how you guys you think like why you can't do better than last year unfortunately def rebel it, def rebel themselves doing it still isn't cooler than the the baby grand pianos and the 
that was pretty cool. Um, but I think like WrestleMania could take advantage of this, like the Super Bowl does, and why not oh, have totally. one or one or two every year? Because look at not only all the eyes that are in America or North America, right? But like these bands, a lot of these bands could be getting into cracks in the globe that they've never been to. WWE's everywhere but China, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Oops. nothing well, major. Couple well, just pick. Go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Oh, well, one year the the 14 time women's champion. They need to get Slash to play the guitar part of her entrance theme because that would be great. Because mm-hmm. she's a big Guns N' Roses fan, so at some point right. they, they hey, can do that. I mean, they are they have uh what's her name Nina Strauss on the online too usually so yeah they've had Nina Strauss either. they've had Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm yeah. um they've had some major acts you know open up NXT shows opened up Evolution. Um, so they've got the contacts. And I'm, I'm sure, look, at some point, Punk is going to get his boys to play him in. I mean, they, they did it once already, but... <laughs> Not sure. this year! Well, no. <laughs> Jesus! Damn it, Jason! Sore, sore spot? Uh, right, I mean... Have you listened to the intro to this show? <laughs> <laughs> I just want everyone to know I prayed for this. Drew McIntyre fan on the planet. Uh, <laughs> Drew McIntyre turned babyface with one line, and I was. Let me tell you how Drew significant McIntyre. that is in the history of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. You can go back three fucking years, and Jason is literally—he's just a dude with Drew McIntyre. He's just a dude. I see the vision, but he's just a dude. For three fucking years, two weeks no, ago, Jason became the last year. Because let's be honest, during the pandemic, he was playing the Roman Reigns script from 2015 to 2016. He was, he was. It but... was, it was beat for beat, the same deal, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever!" It's just like, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> So now, now he's the biggest mark for, for, for Drew McIntyre on the planet because he, he prayed for this. Drew put Punk on the shelf. God bless. But anyway, Tony, we were talking about, uh, and briefly, you can just give some thoughts if you have any, uh, the, the Scott DeMori situation because we, we, we missed out on it last week talking about the big press conference. I know you're not a big TNA person. I know you guys don't talk. It's taboo on the DWI. It is not taboo here. <laughs> It's not actually. Um, so I, instead of me giving my thoughts, um, we when this happened, Andrew Blaz, who covers TNA, is Mr. TNA. He's right? Mr. TNA. Uh, him and I had done the final chair shot NFL for Super Bowl preview, and I said, "Dude, before you go, let me record some of your thoughts." So, would you like to hear his take? Sure. It's two and a half sure. minutes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he, with us via satellite yeah, there is <laughs> Andrew Velas. Demore has been there since the beginning. Team Canada, he was the coach. He was everything from an intermittent wrestler. He had the Porter City Championship Wrestling, which was almost like a like a little farm thing for them. I I hate the fact that he got fired because he came back in as president when the anthem, you know, company took over him and callus callus screwed up callus fucked everything up then went off to AEW, and we we forget he existed for a little bit until he fucked everything up with the AEW thing Demore did everything he could to build the team back up to build tna back up to build the company back up to build the brand back up even brought back the old branding with tna gave this huge emotional speech 
either, not either, but during the uh, Bound for Glory when he said TNA was coming back, then right after the Osprey and Alexander match about TNA is never going to die, it's here to stay, which in retrospect kind of looked like he knew the writing was on the wall because he was a little more upset in, in his feelings than I guess one would anticipate, even though you know TNA's everything to him, so it came off as just fiery passion. But what are you going to do? Like, I, I don't get it. I hate everything about it because it just reeks of incompetence. It reeks of AOL Time Warner kind of bullshit where they overstep because they think they know better because they have their corporate fucking idiots and they have some... I mean, they tried to say, like, this dude's been in cable and broadcasting and channel management for 16 years. That's not a wrestling company. Like, ask, ask Dixie Carter how different it is to run a company than it is to run a fucking wrestling organization. Ask cocaine fucking Tony Khan how fucking different it is between soccer, between fucking football, between wrestling, and between whatever the fucking else they got their fingers in. So... It's it's I'm not looking forward to it. Is it probably gonna suck? Yes. But only one way to fucking find out. And yeah, you're right. Ask Ted Turner. Ask Ted Turner how that fucking worked out for him, because yeah, I think we all know. But I'm not happy. I'm not happy that Demore's gone. Fuck, I'm also not happy that Rossi's gone from stardom. Like, this week has been shitty for people that built up a brand and people love that brand and then they just decide to fire them because the the ownership hierarchy fucking thinks they know better. So let's let's just watch it all burn to the fucking ground. What do you guys think? I already talked to him about it. Excellent soundbite, man. I can't yeah. disagree with anything he he said and we kind of collectively he encapsulated our thoughts. Yeah. They were on an upward trajectory, and now they are going to. It, 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 they are going to be lucky if they maintain. They'll stagnate at best. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think they will be count themselves lucky to stagnate. I think the biggest person to benefit out of all of this is Tony Khan in AEW because with Demore still there and in charge and having that growing momentum of storyline stability and 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 probably getting momentum to being able to spend more money too and and yeah. soon um is just gone it, uh, unless they pull some rabbit out of their ass that we don't know about so that's really my opinion tony as as we, we as we said a few minutes ago all they needed was to land a better cable deal everything else was and honestly in place and they and we've said it repeatedly on the show. It's bears repeating again, pound for pound or per capita or whatever you want to call it. They have the best women's division, and the way they use said women's division in wrestling, like because they use the way I would say that they the split is more towards the women on average on a TNA show than it is on any other show week to week. I would guarantee that. The only thing that the only like dots that haven't been conspiracy theory connected that I haven't heard of is what if WWE doesn't want Demore to be there because they're about to embark on a partnership, so they wanted some kind of corporate structure like they have with TKO. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm yeah. just trying to like well, think outside the box, right? Because there's when you, when if you WWE it just doesn't make fucking sense, he's gone. Right. Yeah. If they can, if that relationship continues, like Jordan Grace, you know, being in the Rumble, if that relationship were to continue, 
I would definitely say that that theory has some weight. However, I would say that's going to come to a grinding halt. Well, there's uh, also, I've think, seen it. I think Scott was the, because uh, Scott said, uh, Jordan Grace, We again, we talked about this earlier. Jordan Grace said, Scott called her and said, hey, I need you to wrestle this weekend. Hey, guess what? It's in. Oh, you're in the wrong so, kid. Congratulations. Well, I have heard it speculated that this may be part of an eventual Endeavor buyout of TNA slash Impact. No clue whether or not there's any any real substance behind that, but I have heard that kicked around that that's a that that's a possibility that, that may be a and again this leans into what you were saying with WWE if there's going to be a working relationship maybe Scott Demore was the road bump and, and but would I see him more as again, the bridge. Well, again, that would be one of the few scenarios that actually sensibly explains why they didn't take Scott's offer. Do you think the next piece of this puzzle, though, is where he ends up? Yes. yes. It doesn't, eight doesn't seem likely, and he's going to do something. So what else is there? Like, is he going to MLW? Is he going to help Booker T out at his proof? What is he doing? I don't know. He's, he's either going to Jacksonville or Stanford, man. The, the next few months between WWE, the road to WrestleMania, what happens with TNA? Uh, we, we've got 2024 is going to be a wild year for pro wrestling, gentlemen. Uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens here. So, um, well, no, I mean Jerry Jeremy Barash is already in with WWE, and he was one of the guys that um he was one of the guys that helped with the broken Matt Hardy stuff. And Did you call I'm him so, Barash? Well, whatever. How do you say it? How do you say it? Is it Borash. 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 I'm sorry. All right. Why don't we why don't we call the go home there and get out of here for the night? Because I'm tired. I got a busy day tomorrow. We've had a great show. We had a run in by PC Tunney. Uh, this has been fun. This has been fun, guys. Gonna wrap back around the room here. Thanks for co-host. I'm gonna start with the man destined to go through a barbershop window because I didn't get to introduce him. Jason, sir, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, fellas, and thank you for indulging me. Usually, I, I'm on call all the time, and usually it's not that busy. But literally, when we recorded, I looked at my phone. and was like, "Shoot, I've got to call a couple of customers." Right, row. Sorry about that. And from the Rob the Genius Podcast, Mr. Rob, sir, fun show tonight. Great insight. Oh, always a pleasure. And fresh off the DWI <laughs> podcast, which you can hear on the Chair Shot Radio Network on Fridays. This week it is PC Tunney and DPP. Breaking everything down, Tony, sir, thanks for the run-in. No, thank you for that amazing setup when I first came on the show. That was just brilliant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, anytime I can uh, stop by, and uh, I see DJ all the time, but anytime I can stop by and see Jason and Rob, it's always a good thing. Um, keep up the great work, guys. Uh, Chair Shot Radio Network, all your favorite streaming platforms. All right. And again, I'm the man with the award-winning Holy Beard DJ. Uh, this has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. This was episode 181. We've got 19 more episodes to 200. I'm going to work on planning something big for that episode, maybe get a few more guests, a few more run-ins. Thanks some people who have helped make this podcast what it is. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here until next week when we are talking Elimination Chamber. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.